Chapter Three of From Tangier to Tripoli by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. About some matters in business. The shops of Tangier are full of interesting features. The trade is mostly in the hands of the Jews, and the American salesman who comes to Morocco must expect to carry on his business largely through them. There are Moorish bazaars, it is true, in Tangier and all of the cities. And there are Moorish commercial houses with large capital in Fez, but the Jews are everywhere and they deal with all classes. As businessmen, they are the equals of any of their race. Coming to this country, along about the 13th century, to do business with the Moors, the Hebrews have been here ever since. They are despised and at times ill-treated by the other races. When they first came, they were required to wear black clothes and shoes and to go on foot as they passed through the cities. Today, they wear black skull caps, black slippers, and long black coats belted in at the waist. I am told that in the Berber districts, they have curls hanging down in front of their ears, but otherwise they dress like the Berbers. In some of the Moroccan cities of the interior, the children of Israel still live in their own sections, and in some they are shut off at night from the rest of the town. These quarters are known as Malabs. They are among the most squalid parts of a city. Their streets are narrow and dirty. The front doors are little more than holes in the walls, and most of the houses contain many small rooms in which the people are herded together like cattle. The homes of the rich are much better. In local matters, the Malabs are governed by the Jews themselves, the rabbis are about the most influential of all. The people are religious and attend their synagogues regularly. They do no business on Saturday, their Sabbath, on which day many of them will not even open a business letter. I attended one of their synagogues here. It was a dark little room surrounded by dwellings. The Hebrews now have their own schools in which their children get a sort of modern education, although much of the time is devoted to Hebrew and Spanish, the schools teach also French and English, geography and other subjects. I have made a hunt through the bazaars here today for American goods, visiting, among other places, the largest fancy grocery store in Tangier. I told the Jew clerk to show me samples of all the American articles he had, and he brought out kerosene oil, corned beef, and cornmeal. The cornmeal was in a pasteboard package labeled Chicago, and the oil in a square can from Philadelphia, while the corned beef was in a flat tin box from a packing house in Kansas City. At another store, I saw canned salmon from Seattle and pickles from Boston. All of these goods came via London. I imagine the store has not had any great demand for the cornmeal, and I am sure the average Moroccan stomach would be surprised at American flour. The bread of the country is made of meal ground at home. Every family has its own mill, consisting of two rude grindstones, one on the other, the grain being poured through a hole in the top stone. These mills are turned by the women of the family, and as the stones are worn, bits of them come off and mix with the flour, leading to broken teeth and bad digestion. The Moroccan bakeries are interesting. There are scores of them here, and baking is a regular profession, for very few people do any baking at home. They make their flour into dough for bread and cakes and send it to the nearest bakery to be cooked. Often a baker will have his regular customers and will send out his boys, 
little long-gowned dark-faced urchins to bring in the dough they usually carried upon boards which rest upon their heads and a few hours later take back the baked article the baker gets ten per cent of the amount of dough sent and a loaf of that proportion is always put in for his pay the bake ovens look like caves they are found here and there along the main streets of the cities one steps first into a dark cellar-like room where the proprietor a white-gowned turbaned moor sitting cross-legged watches the count and bosses the laborer who has charge of the oven this man is none too clean he has a long paddle upon which he puts the loaves of dough and places them upon the oven floor this is on about the level of the floor of the room while the baker stands in a pit at the front of it the ovens are long each has a fire of twigs in one side so arranged that by means of draughts the smoke is carried away the loaves are of the size of a tea plate and about two inches thick they taste good the baker sells the extra loaves which he takes in trade there are bread peddlers in every market they are usually women shrouded in white blankets who hide their faces from the men as they sell but nevertheless keep a sharp watch through the peephole in their head shawls for their change in my tour of the shops i saw no american tables chairs or beds for sale nor did i see on display any quantity of furniture from any other country it will be a long time before the ordinary moroccan will want furniture the poorer classes sleep on the floor they are so hardy that a man will wrap himself in his gown and lie down anywhere for a snooze there are men sleeping on the stones out in the streets here every night and by the hundreds many houses are guarded this way spring beds are unknown to such people and they seldom have chairs when they sit they do not hang their legs down but double them up under them or lean back against the wall with their long beards resting on their knees if they use a bench or divan it is to sit cross-legged upon it the tables are rude often being simply low round brass pans upon legs some of them are beautifully carved candles are in demand and many thousands of dollars worth are imported every year i notice too that there are few socks and stockings and no american shoes so popular in europe for sale in tangier the men want a loose slipper of soft leather with a counter that can be bent over as a usual thing they take their shoes off when they enter their homes and never wear them inside the churches or mosques the black of the american shoe looks strange to the moroccan for every moorish gentleman likes a delicate pale yellow as to the women they wear red slippers of soft morocco leather the better class having their footwear embroidered with gold and silver in the house most of the girls go barefooted while no one wears a french heel indeed no heels are worn here and even fine moroccan boots are heelless all of the footwear is handmade the moors do not want stockings most of them have never even heard of them and i should say there are not ten thousand women in the whole country who wear them only the very well-to-do or those who have been affected by foreign influences wear them on occasions if one would see all classes of these people he can do so in the big market on the edge of tangier it is in a space covering ten or more acres which on two or three days of each week is filled with people buying and selling there are dignified moorish merchants there are hooded men in from the country moving about with bare legs there are peasant women with great hats and veiled mohammedan ladies 
There are Jewish men in their caps and long coats, and Jewish women with their heads bound up in bright-colored handkerchiefs. There are swaggering Moorish soldiers on foot and on horseback. A great lumbering camel shuffles along here and there, while countless donkeys carrying loads as big as themselves push their way through the throngs. There are peddlers of all sorts, from those selling water from goatskin bags on their shoulders to those hawking sweet cakes and candies. There are women loaded with faggots and men carrying charcoal. There are bread peddlers and vegetable peddlers and other odd-looking men and women selling almost everything under this African sun. End of chapter 3